0: What if I told you you could grow by 300,000 new followers on Instagram in just one year by posting reels? Well, today's special guest did just that. And I am so excited to be sharing this interview with you all. Today on the Creator Club podcast, I am interviewing Tina Lee from Of Leather and Lace on Instagram. And I got to just tell y'all, this is a little bit of a funny story, how I got connected with Tina. So... I've been following her on Instagram for a couple years now actually based on recommendations from one of my followers. I remember probably like two years ago I posted something on my story saying like who are you most inspired by on Instagram? Like send me your favorite profiles to follow and I remember specifically that two or three different people put of leather and lace in a little question box. So I was like okay I gotta check this out. So I went over to her profile and I was immediately impressed by how high quality and creative all of her content was. So I started following her, of course. And then you would not believe my surprise just over the Christmas break at the end of 2021. So a couple months ago, i was tagged in a story on instagram and i opened it up and i saw that it was from of leather and lace and i was tagged because tina was mentioning that she loves listening to the creator club podcast and i was like no way this is crazy i love tina and her content what a small world, what a great connection. So we started chatting over Instagram DM and decided that we had to do a podcast swap. So this week I am chatting with Tina all about her experience of growing on Instagram, how she was able to grow so rapidly with her viral reels because Tina is the queen of just really creative, high quality viral short form video. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And actually, I'm going to be over on her podcast called the Full Time Influencer Podcast to talk about how you can juggle multiple different platforms as a content creator. So I'm going to be linking the interview that I did over on Tina's podcast in the show notes if you're interested, but definitely stick around for this interview here on Creator Club because I learned so much from Tina. I've been learning so much from her just following her content, but getting to hear an inside look to her strategy of creating reels and content for Instagram and how she's able to grow was just so fascinating. So, a little bit of background before we dive into the interview in case you aren't following of Leather and Lace on Instagram. First of all, you need to go follow her. But second of all, I'll just tell you a little bit about Tina and her background before we dive in. So, Tina started out in the fashion industry in New York City a number of years ago and she was inspired to start a fashion blog. So, she started out on the blogging scene and of course eventually created an Instagram and was growing steadily there with her- Her beautiful fashion and lifestyle and travel photos and as she writes on her website when reels was released she got kind of nervous about that she was worried about having to pivot to create more videos because really high quality photography was really the bread and butter of her strategy But she is an amazing example of somebody who overcame that fear and started experimenting and saw amazing results from it. So by creating a lot of reels and using her strategy for creating viral content that she knows is going to be engaging and that she knows is going to appeal to her ideal audience, she was able to grow over 300,000 followers on Instagram in one year. So she went from 200K to over 500K on Instagram mainly using reels and she is going to share all about that strategy and how she did that in today's interview and i'm so excited to share with you so keep on listening because we're going to chat with tina lee from of leather and lace welcome to the creator club podcast produced by creatorly media i'm your host katie steckley i'm a side hustle youtuber turned six figure ceo that's obsessed with social media making content and building communities Here on the Creator Club podcast, we dive deep into the social media and content creation strategies that are important to you as a creator. Whether you want to grow on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, or with a podcast, we've got advice for you. So stay tuned for my workshop style solo shows and the occasional expert interview. Oh, and by the way, this club is open to everyone. Whether you have one or one million followers, there's a seat for you at the table. So let's get into it. to the creator club podcast I am so excited this week because I have a very special guest with me today we have one of my honestly favorite Instagram creators Tina Lee from of leather and lace thank you so much Tina for joining us today
1: wow it's an honor thank you so much for having me
0: Today, we are going to be chatting all about Tina's journey as an influencer, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot for us to learn from your experience over these past years. So I'm wondering if we can just dive in and start, um, Tina, with hearing your backstory. Like, I'd be so curious to learn how you first got started As a content creator, I know that you've had a blog and obviously your Instagram has been super successful and eventually it's grown to you have um, a course, like a program that you sell. So just like talk us through kind of your origin story. How did you originally get started as a content creator?
1: Yeah, sure. So it was about five years ago, a little over five years ago now. I was working as an associate designer in New York City in fashion, and I felt like I needed to own my own business somehow, but I didn't have a clear idea exactly how, but all I knew was that there were some very successful bloggers. At that time, it was like Ami Song and these kinds of mm-hmm. bloggers, and I just thought, why not give it a go? Because starting a blog is very, very affordable. You just have to pay for the domain every year and i already had some sort of a camera and so i decided to give it a go and at first i started a blog very quickly i realized that i need an instagram and so i started an instagram and from there that's how it started and every year i was just focused on growing and that was probably the first few years of just being on instagram and only in the last year, I started to expand more out into TikTok and podcast. And in 2020, I started also a program called the Full-Time Influencer Program, which is also the name of my podcast. And that's kind of a long story short till, from then till today.
0: I love that. I feel like you've had, um, a journey through like almost different eras of Instagram. Like I'm sure as you've grown, you've probably seen a lot of different changes. And like, you know, now that you're educating other creators on how to grow on Instagram, like I'm sure what you're teaching now is probably different than maybe what you did several years ago. Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. So in the beginning, like everyone thinks that it was a lot easier to grow in the beginning. Maybe that's kind of true. But also now I have seen people get even more explosive growth with IG Reels. So definitely the growth strategy is always evolving and changing. So it's very important to stay up to date to what's happening. And I also think that as a course creator for me, it's really important to also know how to grow t- in, in today's landscape because of how fast it changes, and to be able to provide that results um, on your page as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally. So, speaking of growth, like not to state the obvious, but I'm pretty sure you've gained like three hundred thousand followers since posting reels. Is that about right?
1: Yes, that's actually accurate. It's so crazy to think about it, but I was at hundred yeah. k in August twenty twenty and right yeah wow yeah it's approaching it's like 580 or something like that
0: that is like obviously astonishing growth so first of all congratulations but second of all i feel like i speak for everyone when i say how did you do it? And I'm sure like, obviously that's what full-time influencer is all about, but I'm curious if maybe you can give the the creator club a little bit of a sneak peek. Maybe you can give us like the Notes version of your overall like approach to reels. And also I'd be curious how you came to that strategy. Cause I feel like when reels first released, a lot of creators were kind of like scared of it and a little bit like, Oh gosh, I don't know how to do this. So I'm just curious how you became so proficient with reels and kind of like, Yeah. What was your your process with learning that
1: strategy? Yeah. Oh, my God. I couldn't even begin to tell you how crushed I was when I heard about Reels coming out. And then I heard that it was going to have its own tab that maybe potentially it would replace the explore page, which it hasn't. But um, I was just like, oh, my God, I don't know how to make videos and I am only good at taking photos. This is going to be terrible. And so I resisted for, for a little bit. Um, i might even have like a like a breakdown where i actually (laughs) cried it's kind of embarrassing to admit but it's just it was scary to me as a creator to have like a big change come to a platform you're so familiar with And little did i know it would be the biggest driver of my growth at first i just thought okay i have a lot of behind the scenes clips i'm going to try and take some of those in the past few years that i've done and just piece together some short videos And at first, you know, the first 10, they didn't do well at all. And that can be the common experience of a lot of people when you first start to post reels. So don't be discouraged if that's you. But I, along the way, I started realizing uh, some that do slightly better than the other. And I kind of analyze it and I look at it. Sometimes it has a better visual hook. Other times, maybe it tells a slightly better story Or sometimes you just like try to experiment with different topics that people find valuable and that they want to save. And through that kind of trial and error, I started to slowly get better at creating short form content. And then one of my reels about how uh, my husband and I met on a dating app that went super viral and got a few million views. and, And that from there, I was invested all right, I'm going to do everything I can to figure out how to create good short form video. And, and that's actually how I was able to see this kind of exponential growth. Mm,
0: I love that. I feel like it's all about experimentation when it comes to creating content, no matter what platform you're on, you have to be brave enough to say like, okay, this might not turn out super well, but I'm just going to try anyway. Yeah. And you're totally right. Just because the first few maybe aren't massive hits. Like every time you post something, you learn a little bit something more about what are people engaging with and and what's most interesting. And then you can make those small iterations over time to make better and better content.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: I'm curious, um, what are some of the main themes? And I know this is going to be a little bit different for people depending on what niche they're in. So it might not apply to everyone. But for you personally, like what are some of the main themes that you've seen perform really well on reels? And have those trends kind of changed since Reels was first um, like introduced, like, have you noticed that there's any certain videos that used to do really well and now don't do as well or maybe didn't do as well before and now really have? Like, what are some of the overall themes and trends that you've seen evolve on Reels over the past couple of years?
1: Right. I will say um, Reels is like really fast changing. Um, So it's constantly changing. I'll say like every few months, there's like different things that are trending. So right now Mm -hmm. in the beginning, I would say it was kind of like pushed out really quickly and it was just a mix of everything. So you get like all kinds of content and then sometimes it would just go viral. But now um, it's a little bit different now. Instagram is pushing more towards Uh, trending concepts or uh, trending effects or even trending sounds. And those are some really easy and good ways to get started and to get some views onto your Reels. But then from there, I will say the one thing that has never changed on Instagram or on any platform is when you can tell a good story in the limited amount of time that you have to create a Reel. That is when you'll get proper growth and really get views if you can consistently do that and keep improving on the the storytelling of the video.
0: Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is such a key thing that it's kind of hard for some like beginner creators to grasp. And I feel like storytelling is like definitely one of your strengths. Like you're able to put together like, yeah, an entire scene, an entire story into just like one of your images or one of your reels so do you have any tips for us like how do you especially when it's only like you know 10 or 15 seconds long Hmm. how do you kind of bring the viewer into a story in a really short amount of time
1: yeah so actually i i broke down my like all my 100 i think it was like 150 plus reels that i've created thus far And I put them into a spreadsheet and I looked and I categorized them by category and just dissected the insights like crazy. And what I realized was like the reels that tell a story about people oftentimes are the ones that perform extremely well. And that's also when I see the most growth on my page. And so by storytelling about people, um, what I mean is like, if you can... Um, have a, let's say a very quick beginning you paint the story i'll give you an example is like one where i it got like six million views it's a reel where my husband and i pass each other walking i'm walking into a subway train he's walking out and then we miss each other oh sorry it's the opposite way around i'm walking out he is walking in we miss each other but we look at each other and then mm-hmm. there's like multiple scene and clips through that. And then the door closes um, and we miss each other. Uh, And so Mm. look at each other, we flash through all the amazing memories that could have happened. And it's just like all these like wedding clips and all that. And then the door closes and it goes off. And so that's Mm -hmm. very, it was probably only 15 or 20 seconds but it very quickly told a story of two people meeting each other Um, potentially could have had a romance and then missed each other and the storytelling element is more like the the part that makes people go wow is more the part where you actually miss each other so when you are telling a story if you can give them an unexpected outcome this definitely works pretty well especially for short-form content because you, you have very little time to catch people's attention and make them go wow. and so you really Sometimes do we need to do something that is unexpected. So I think that's sort of how I would approach storytelling in less than 20 seconds.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. It's all about like kind of creating a setup. So, you know, like in yours, it's like, oh, are these people going to have a romance? Like, here's all the clips of like the potential things they could do together. And then, oh, actually, never mind. It's not happening. Like, I feel like that's what reels and like TikToks as well. Some of them perform so well because you watch for the first two thirds and you think it's going one way. And then at the last second, it gives you a different outcome. And that's kind of what makes people remember it and want to like it and engage with it.
1: Yeah. And also just visually understanding how you can tell um, you can explain the setting visually in one or two seconds. So that would be ideal so that means that your framing of the video should be very easy to understand very quickly so you want to make sure for example subjects are in the center they are not off center the eye is able to really quickly identify the main subjects and follow the story of the main subject and so as an example when we filmed this if we were passing each other on the subway and then if somebody walks past, we couldn't use that footage because that's a distraction and it would take away from the storytelling in that very, very short period of time. And so every single reel, I'm always thinking, how can I give the most information without overwhelming people in this nine by 16 frame and in just 15 or 20 seconds? And that's mm. how we can kind of put together a, an engaging short form video. Mhm and it's so
0: Strategic, And so like, you have to be very intentional about it, right? I think that's the kind of step that a lot of creators are missing is, you know, reels are very quick to consume and they can be quick to create as well. But if you want to create something that's very in depth, like potential to go viral, it does take those extra moments of really planning out. Like, what am I trying to convey? How can I put the most information into this just, you know, small vertical video to get that across? So yeah, I think that your content is just like exemplary of that, of that intention and that like thoughtfulness. And I know that you you have a background in fashion, um, but I'm curious, how else have you kind of like gathered these creative skills? Because I feel like it really is like, you know, all of your content is just like proof of how well honed all your creative skills are to be able to incorporate all these visuals in a way that's like cohesive and, and beautiful and eye-catching. So where does that come from? Did you like teach yourself photography, or or how did you get to this point?
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Um, so in the beginning, I actually didn't know any photography, but I do have a design background, and when I was a designer, we would have to look at the color swatches, like a green and a green number two, and they look almost exactly the same, but you have to pick one over the other, and so I guess I had a little bit of training in terms of color theory and um, you know, visually being uh, just more trained at looking at visual things. And so that was sort of coming from my, my design education background But then from there, in terms of photography, I actually just learned it on YouTube. And I found that YouTube was this amazing resource. In the beginning, I would watch people like Peter McKinnon. Obviously, I think everyone does when they're just starting a YouTube channel or they're just starting photography. And then from there, I branched out into all different kinds of channels that teach people Lightroom Editing, Premiere Pro or After Effects and that has really helped me with um, my content creation process, just learning from the internet. Oh, and Mm -hmm. uh, when I collaborate with photographers, I would actively ask them questions. So like, oh, why do you, so after I understood camera settings, I would ask them questions like, why do you set this at this ISO? Or how would you shoot this kind of photo or, You know, how do you get these two different colors, warm and cold in one photo and one edit? And just those conversations alone have taught me a lot as well.
0: Mm -hmm. I feel like it's all about being like resourceful. And yeah, like, who is it, you know, who hasn't gone to YouTube University? I feel like (laughs) there's so much like great content to learn from. I've also learned a lot from Peter McKinnon, I feel like. So I would love to dive in now to like what your current creative process is like I know you know there's all the technical stuff of like setting up the camera actually shooting the images but Mm -hmm. I mean I can tell that like the images that you capture like thought goes into them like you've clearly like have a vision you've planned it out ahead of time so what does that side look like like how do you come up with like the concepts or the settings um and kind of like yeah set out to to shoot something specific
1: right in terms of photos I have like Slightly different categories of photos. So, like travel content, it's just all about researching the location beforehand. So, I would look at images online or on Instagram, Google it, or if it's like a hotel, I make sure I get the right room and I check when the sun is coming in. Do I need to shoot in the morning or in the afternoon? So, just understanding lighting, sunrise, and sunset, and checking where it's coming from uh, really affects my travel photos and then also just getting there really early so that you can plan it out. Sometimes I even location scout before I shoot if I can or if I have time and so that's specifically for travel photos but if it's more like creative photos or creative reels where like I duplicate myself or this some kind of hologram screen then um, I usually get inspired by uh, other people's work but then I try to take it and think about how I can make it different from what they did. So I think about maybe I have done something in the past that is um, a different style. How can I incorporate that into this new editing technique uh, that I saw someone else do? And so it's kind of a process of taking what you already know or taking your existing style and then getting inspired by other creative, amazing people, and then combining that to make something that's unique. So that that's sort of how I approach doing more creative content. Mm-hmm. And it seems like
0: you are probably planning out some of this stuff quite a bit in advance. Is that right? I feel like just your, your feed, you often have color themes, right? Over like, several weeks so how do you approach like having the forethought to make sure that your feed is going to even like look cohesive and, and all the each photo in itself is like a piece of art but it all comes together to almost create this like larger artwork of the feed so I'm, I'm curious yeah. your approach
1: to that. Yeah that's actually a pretty big struggle so I started the color feed um, look where it all blends into each other and changes colors over time. Uh, in 2018 20- 18 actually and I saw Tara Malti do it and I was like that's really beautiful and so I tried to start doing this color feed and so I would have to shoot at least one or two weeks in advance and also because I do travel and I shoot a lot of times also outdoors so that's very hard to control so if I'm traveling I will base my color feed off of where I'm going to so or off of the season. So usually in September, uh, October, it's always like an autumn feed. And then um, in the spring, it's always like a pink and purple feed. So that helps to kind of give you a direction on how to go about it. But aside from that, it's intentionally seeking out the colors that you want so that you can add it to your feed and play around with it, like move it around with um, planning apps like Planoly. And that's how I get it to coordinate well. But also, more importantly, I think really understanding hue, saturation, temperature, these kinds of concepts for color theory is very, very important. And just having that keen eye will will help to make your feet look nicer. Mm -hmm.
0: I feel like that's totally where your like background in fashion shines through in the feed because it's just so impressive how everything is like cohesive yet it blends through the seasons and I feel like that's a really nice approach because it almost gives you a bit more creativity like I've found myself over the past several years changing up my brand colors like way more often than anybody probably should but it's because I'm like oh but I want to like shoot photos of this or like try out this style of photography. And then I'm like, no, but it doesn't match my brand. So I feel like it's kind of fun. And like, as much as I know, it takes like a lot of work to plan it out. It's almost liberating in a way because you can like cycle through these different, um, you know, hues and shades and whatever, um, so that you're not totally stuck to just the same thing over and over again. Do you feel like it's something you would recommend other creators trying? Or do you feel like, it's 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 exhausting for you
1: <laughs> yeah so actually in terms of whether people should do it i i personally wouldn't really recommend it it really is hard it's it's not easy at all and if mm-hmm. you're really struggling to just post consistently honestly just try just post consistently don't don't worry about any it looks very nice and it's very satisfying but it's it's honestly unnecessary. And I don't believe it helps you grow faster either. It may make a difference when people come to your feed, the conversion into a follower could be a quicker decision, but other than that, very, very little (laughs) effect. And actually when I polled my audience, a lot of people were like, gosh, I didn't even know you were doing this. And I've been doing Mm. it for like years and working my ass off to try and make it really, really nice. And people didn't even know. So yeah, I don't think people mm-hmm. have to, should try it if you don't need to.
0: Yeah. I feel like it's one of those things where as a creator, you have to kind of balance like the strategy versus the, the art of it. Like, obviously it's, it's an incredible testament to your, your skill as an artist, but then it's like, does it really help that much with growth? You know, maybe not. And then that's kind of where you have to like make the call of how important is it to you versus like, would you rather put your time elsewhere? I'm, I'm kind of curious in general, how you balance. I feel like a big question for a lot of creators is like the quality versus quantity thing. And I, and I feel like that kind of falls under that category. Um, and I feel like you kind of do both in a way, like all of your content is so good and, and you're very consistent. So I'm just curious how you, how you balanced that over the years.
1: Yeah. So that's a great question. I feel like this is the eternal debate, um, yeah. <laughs> I just think that when you're starting out, quantity is more important because without quantity you cannot achieve quality. You, you don't even know how to improve or where to improve, right? And so the the problem with people starting out is they're always like, I need to make this great quality. It has to be perfect. Um, and it actually stops them from improving because it's just not enough quantity for you to be able to improve on your your craft. And as you get better though, I would say then quality is more important after you have established your your brand your personal brand and also your style and if you're going to go for more quantity I would say as long you could like definitely do it I would love to (laughs) increase my quantity but only if the quality is still there um and so for me personally I have been kind of stepping back a little bit from posting all the time I used to be very very consistent like probably five six times a week and now i just go with the flow and and if i have decent stuff then i post it <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: i think that's great advice and i i love what you said about how you can't get to quality without doing the quantity and i think that's so true like you to become a good photographer a good content creator whatever it is you need to just practice a lot and so i think yeah at the beginning it's it's all about just getting out there shooting photos and learning a lot. And then once you refine your craft a little bit further, that's when you can kind of, you know, maybe tune it down a little bit and just post um, when you can kind of thing.
1: How about you? Like, do you approach this as also a quality first right now? Or has that changed over the years?
0: Yeah, I feel like I've definitely had like a differing relationship with it at different times I I feel like it kind of depends on where my energy is at too I I think for it, it depends on the kind of content for me recently reels especially on Instagram it's been more about quantity not to say that I'm not trying to make them good but it's sort of like you know i allow myself to do them a little bit like less professionally you know they're just more casual sort of fun and I'm not like worrying about making them overproduced but then there is some content that I make for my Instagram feed where I'm like trying to be intentional and like you know improve my photography skills and that sort of thing so I feel like it's it's a balance and it kind of depends on the platform I don't know if if you if you relate to that
1: yeah, I will say there is one caveat on this. I think that for the reels to really see explosive results and growth, usually it does require quantity paired mm-hmm. with quality, and yeah, that's when people can grow those crazy numbers. Like when I first um, was posting very consistently, frequently. I grew 130k in one month in like like, and of course the the thing is this was the beginning of reels, and so it may be a little bit more saturated now. But one of the key things of why I was able to get that growth then was the high quantity paired with still like decent storytelling, um, and that's actually how they keep building on top of each other. When one Mm thing goes viral, all the other stuff get get pushed out more as well so they tend to get more views and when that happens they also have a chance to go viral and so when you have multiple viral reels that's when you see that proper exponential growth
0: Mm -hmm. i'd love to hear more about your sort of like approach to reels in general and what you sort of think about like the reels aesthetic or like what kind of content, like I just feel like, you know, what has become saturated on Instagram reels. And I'll admit that I I definitely make this type of content, but you know, your typical pointing to text that's Mm -hmm. popping up, you know, following the very standard audio trends. And I do think that like, you know, I've seen success with that people do, but obviously a lot of your reels are like really above and beyond like a next level kind of creative content. So yeah. What's your kind of philosophy around, reels and like what you think of as like viral worthy reels
1: right i definitely do that as well like to make use of trending sounds um on my like course page full i also do like some pointing stuff so i'm totally mm-hmm. of that as well and and they do work well truth is so i kind of um especially for my creator page of leather and lace i have slightly different categories of reels that that I create so there are ones that are purely aesthetic and it just goes with the trending sound and I know I'm going to be guaranteed like a minimum number of views because it's a trending mm-hmm. and those are used sometimes like um, not too frequently just sometimes when I feel like I haven't posted in a while and I need to put some content out there and then from there, I do have some other slightly more elaborate, maybe it's a slightly storytelling type or it's a behind the scenes and then final result type of reel. And that's kind of my like my mid-tier uh, amount of mm-hmm. effort I put in. And sometimes the results can either be really good or they can me so-so. And then from there, I also have like a separate category of reels where it really requires me to sit down look at everything that's out there and see how I can come up with an idea that is ideally beyond that and not something that everyone has seen over and over and over again and I think those are the ones that actually hit those millions and millions of of views and get really high reach although one of my most viewed reels is like a very simple like Um, Eiffel Tower one where I go from day to night with like a little wand and I ding it goes ding and then it it goes for day and then lights Mm -hmm. up. That one got 31 million views and (laughs) it's crazy and got reshared everywhere. And I personally don't really see why, but it's short. It's it's Eiffel Tower. You know, it's something that everyone loves. Mm -hmm. It's easy to understand. There's no language barrier, and so and it's like just like quick so i think that's probably why it went so viral but that the ones that actually get me the highest quality audience um and conversion is actually the ones that are really well thought out that i take time to sit down and see how i can make this interesting or really incorporate like editing like duplicating yourself and doing like these crazy creative things those are the ones that actually help me convert more to quality followers so those are my kind of my different categories of reels and I do a mix of everything and of course the creative ones they don't always come to me frequently (laughs) so Mm -hmm. um, you just kind of have to um, sparingly uh, put them out there because I think Creators, we don't always have the the brain power to keep producing that consistently, yeah.
0: Mm Mm-hmm, I feel like it's all about a balance because obviously if every single reel you put out could be those like top tier reels, that'd be amazing, but it's like not reasonable to expect yourself to come up with these like home run ideas every single time. So it kind of sounds like it's, for you, it's an approach of balancing out the ones that are like easy with ones that are like, you know, maybe a little bit more difficult, but reliably get some good views with ones that are like big ideas that are really going to pop off. And you kind of have to have all of them in your toolkit in order to stay consistent and um, continue to grow.
1: There's also a delicate balance between what people follow you for, and then uh, making more of what they want to see to keep the audience engaged. So um, that's also where like you, you also don't want to always come up with like brand new ideas that are that go off a tangent because while that is creative and good, Oftentimes, you do also want to be remembered for a certain style or to be known for something. And so if you have gone viral for a few types of reels, and that's commonly what people follow you for, it's also good to repeat that again, but with a slight variation. And sometimes even just reposting, you know, it doesn't hurt. And um, that is actually another thing to also keep in mind and have a good balance with because and it's, it's not always um, a good idea to always have different ideas because then it would be harder for people to recognize your work as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely power in consistency. And I think also like reels are obviously really great for discoverability and finding new people. But it's also great for just like providing something fun and interesting and valuable to your existing audience. So mm-hmm. there's always like value in sharing Reels, even if they maybe don't get that huge reach that you're expecting.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: So moving away from Reels, because I do feel like we could talk about like Instagram Reels strategy all day long, but I sort of have, um, I guess, a personal agenda because I am super curious about your travel side Mm -hmm. of your creator business. So just for everybody listening, right before um, we started recording, Tina and I were recording for her podcast, which... She's going to have that episode out as well, and I'll make sure to link that in the show notes so you can all go listen over there where we talk about how to uh, balance a multi-platform approach on social media. But over there, we talked about how when I first was starting out, I kind of wanted to become a travel vlogger. This is my like little dream. I was watching you know, Peter McKinnon and all those types of people, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be like a daily vlogger that travels and all this stuff. Yeah. So anyway- Tina, obviously, you have done some traveling as a creator, you've worked with tourism boards. And I'm sure other people listening are curious too. but selfishly, I am very curious (laughs) to hear about how you got started with that. How did you start working with like travel companies or tourism boards? Um, Yeah, like how did you kind of get into that industry? And what's that been like for you?
1: Yeah. actually, when I first started my page five years ago, it was a fashion blog. And what I quickly noticed was that the fashion influencers that I, I liked, they were all traveling and they would create like these shareable content and it would go viral and get reshared a lot. and so they would grow really, really fast that way. And so that's when I was like, oh, maybe I should incorporate some travel into my uh, content and just try and be very fashionable while I travel. Mm-hmm. And so for the first year, I, so then uh, not too long after I quit my job, and it wasn't that I was making enough or anything. It was just, it was kind of a leap of faith at that time. And I give myself uh, two years to make it profitable, which mm-hmm. and. and so at that time, uh, and I also had savings, so I started traveling a lot more um, once I quit my job, and I started to notice the the growth. And so I mostly just would focus solely on sharing travel uh, shareable travel content. So things that have a lot of mass appeal. Um, sometimes maybe it's relatable. Sometimes it's larger like larger than life. So like a really beautiful luxurious setup with an iconic view so it depends it's a bit of everything but it's the common thing is that it's shareable it's things that people want to save and share and eventually do one day as well so that's how I first grew and then from there it was really um doing some outreach but most of my um brand deals and all of that are inbound so it's really about connecting with the right people in this space. When you are being seen on a trip with other travel influencers, most likely these PR people are watching that influences stories and posts. And they're going to see that, oh, this is his, this is Tina. She's She also travels and she creates travel content. And I believe that's actually how I got, got some of my first travel deals.
0: Mm, that's awesome. Yeah. I feel like in my experience too with um, brand deals. I like almost all of the the deals that I actually end up like working on were inbound as well, like people that reached out to me. Yeah. And I feel like that can be a big struggle for, for creators just getting started of like, well, how do I get people to reach out to me? But I think like what you're saying is like right on the nose of you have to kind of start making those connections, like create the type of content that you would like to partner with a brand on and yeah, just kind of like get get your name out there where the where the right
1: people are. Yes, I always tell people and my students that networking is one of the most important things in this industry. While you may think that content and follower account and engagement is really important, and yes it is, but the network and the people that you're able to connect with is actually the ones that are deciding who to give the gig to. So Mm it's more important than networking and meeting the right people hmm
0: something else that i'm I'm curious about within like the travel niche is I feel like there's a lot of people like you know maybe beginner content creators or, or even more established creators that are really passionate about travel and interested about doing that kind of content but sometimes it can feel like this high barrier to entry where like you know unless you kind of have to start and go out and travel on your own in order to like make that content incorporate it but it's very hard to be let's say like a full-time travel creator unless you you already are one, if that makes sense. So I feel like in your case, you really seamlessly integrated the travel content with your fashion content in a way that like made sense for your existing audience. So I'm curious if you have any tips or advice on how existing creators might be able to integrate like travel content into what they're doing rather than like, say, going out and totally starting from scratch to create a brand new account that's just dedicated to travel
1: yeah so usually it's um really easy to start from your local environment if you want to start incorporating more uh, destination focused images or videos then you can always just still have your your core type of content but just start with your local cafe or Um, local famous site or like a beach or something and then from there start maybe nationally in your country what other places you can do a weekend trip to um, or like a week-long trip to and then from there start to think about how you can start to plan some like international trips or, or like some larger trips Um, that's definitely also how how I start well I kind of plunged into like the whole travel thing myself however Mm -hmm. before then I was also shooting around New York City as at that time I was living in New York City and so that really helped as well but I will say it's a lot easier to go from any kind of niche into travel than vice versa um Mm. the people who are in travel like really deep into travel is going to be very hard for them to convert to say beauty or lifestyle or like I don't know interior or something like that
0: Mm -hmm. that's very true I I never thought of it that way before but you're right because I feel like travel is the kind of thing that like A lot of people are obviously interested in going new places and experiencing new things. And if your audience, if the only thing that brings them together is travel, then the chances that they'll all have one other common interest is kind of low. But if you start from something like fashion or, I don't know, entrepreneurship or social media tips or whatever it might be, and then you incorporate in travel as a secondary thing, you know, chances are there are some people that follow you that might be into it. So exactly so what are some of like the highlights of your experiences traveling so far i know you did a big trip to italy and i think you also have some exciting stuff coming up maybe to norway so maybe you could like talk us through some of your your favorite trips and what kind of content you made while you were traveling and working with these brands
1: sure so italy is such a special place for for me and my husband because we had a wedding in tuscany in 2019 and so that was like a huge trip to Italy and we had a film crew they were there to do the wedding but then like they were my friends so we stayed um, behind and then also had a few days before and we just went to Rome Tuscany and uh, Venice and Florence Um, and it was such an amazing experience to be able to create content there in this this beautiful country so that was a huge highlight and it was amazing to be able to go back um as the first international country after covid though Mm. frankly covid is not over but in (laughs) 2021 for a brief moment when it was a lot more open we went to italy again and this time surprisingly i was able to work with the tourism board and they helped to sponsor the trip and that was just such an amazing experience and in my mind i was like this is the best brand deal I've ever gotten like these stories these are the easiest stories I've ever made and it was such an organic um, brand deal experience as well so that went very very well yeah and coming up we are planning to go to Switzerland followed by Norway and Switzerland is mainly to do the glacier express do you know that really famous like train where you have that view of the the mountains and everything Oh, yeah, yeah, that'll be beautiful. Yeah, so it's uh, where the windows, uh, you can kind of see it from the roof as well. Oh, yeah. yeah, Mm -hmm. It's gorgeous, so I'm really excited about that. It's just to take that off the bucket list. And then Norway is to discover Oslo and some of the areas around Oslo and hopefully also go up north and do some dog sledding and see some northern lights and um, learn about the culture there. Yes.
0: Oh, that'll be amazing. Well, I really look forward to following along on that content to see what you get up to, because I'm sure that'll be a really, really cool experience.
1: Okay, Thank you.
0: So speaking of stuff coming up, I and to start to close out our, our episode today, I'm curious to hear what your big goals or dreams or plans for your your brand, your Instagram, whatever, your podcast, all your different social platforms, what are kind of the, the big things that are going to be coming for you in, in the next few years or kind of dreams or plans that you're starting to formulate now for your, for your future career?
1: Yeah, you know what I love about this this industry is that we can ask each other these kinds of questions. Like Mm -hmm. ask each other, like, what are your next plans? Because it seems like as entrepreneurs, we're always on to the next thing. And we're Mm only, how can I expand my business? And it's it's very exciting. So I am hoping to finally commit to YouTube this year. Um, Yay! Never started it. And I, I swear, like I went to my notepad and I typed in YouTube every single year. My goal, it says start YouTube and all of my <laughs> Tina's 2018 goals, every single year's goals came up after my search. And so I'm really hoping that this is the year that I will commit to it and make it happen. And um and the rest, honestly, I would just like to continue expanding my existing businesses and pages and grow my Instagram account and TikTok account as well.
0: That's so exciting. Well I, I really look forward to your YouTube channel. I believe in you. I know it's gonna happen and excited to see growth across all your other platforms as well. That's awesome. I might well, they- ask
1: you for some pointers and some tips.
0: Oh, you know, I'm always here for you. I love to talk about YouTube. So we'll work on it together. Amazing. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Tina, for joining me for today's interview. It's been such a pleasure to chat about your story and learn so much from you about about Instagram strategy and, and your experience with traveling. So thanks so much for joining us. Maybe you can let everybody listening know where they can find you if they're not already following you which they should be and yeah just where they can follow up with you online
1: yeah sure so my creator account on instagram is of leather and lace i know it's kind of a weird name but it's there and it's recognizable so um and my course is the full-time influencer program and that is also the name of my podcast and the instagram account for that page and you can definitely find me on apple Podcasts. Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen into your podcasts.
0: Awesome. And of course, all of that will be linked in the show notes. So y'all can go check out Tina after this. So thanks again so much. This has been awesome. Thank you so much, Katie. Thanks so much for listening to the creator club podcast. This show is produced by creatorly media, a social media and content marketing agency by creators for creators. If you want professional help growing your social media platforms or creating your content, come visit us at creatorlymedia.com or at creatorlymedia on Instagram. If you've listened this far into the episode, we want to know who you are. Seriously, thank you so much for listening. Screenshot your podcast app and share it to your Instagram story, tagging at Creatorly Media or at Katie Steckley so that we can chat. Again, thanks for listening and remember to keep on creating. We'll catch you next time.